I'm excited to have all of you with us as we begin a brand new series today called Life in the Presence. And one of the funniest stories I heard this week was about a hotel in Belgium called the Hotel Charleroi. And I was thinking about some of you, uh, some of you here that, that travel a lot for work, some of you families where you have a spouse that travels a lot for work, and there's a hotel in Belgium called the Hotel Charleroi, and it's a hotel that's near an airport. And so they have a lot of customers that come alone. They're traveling alone, whether for business or work or whatever. And some of you know what that's like. You know what it's like to travel and to be away from family, and it can get lonely sometimes, right? And so the Hotel Charleroi came up with this genius solution for travelers who are traveling alone. And it's something they called rent-a-fish. Rent-a-fish. Check it out. So for just four American dollars, you can rent a fish to keep you company. Steve, I hope you can find one of those this week. You'll have your daughter with you. And so you go in, you, you know, go to the front desk, and there's a little fishbowl with the goldfish and says, alone in your room and want company? Why, yes. Yes, I would. Just $4 a night. You can rent a fish. I love it. I would totally do that. I'm not going to lie. I would rent that fish. It's kind of like finding Nemo. And I will call you Squishy, and you will be my Squishy. Rent-a-fish. So what does this tell us about us? What does this tell us about the human condition? It tells us that we are desperate for presence. That at our core, we are heartsick and we are homesick. And we crave presence. Whether it is a fish, or a friend, someone, something. We look deep in your heart. There is a desire for presence. And I know a $4 fish isn't going to satisfy that. But listen, no man, woman, or child can satisfy that desire for presence because no person on earth can always be present. The only thing in our, that can satisfy that longing for presence is the presence of a holy, holy God. See, deep inside the heart of every person, there is a longing for the presence of God. And what Scripture says is that in His presence is the fullness of joy. In His presence... Our pleasures forevermore. In his presence is freedom and rest and life and peace. And that's why I'm so excited today as we begin a brand new series called Life in the Presence. Because that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to live my life in the presence of an awesome, holy, loving God. And that's what I want for you. 
And this idea of life in the presence, it comes from a line, a little line in a book by A.W. Tozer called Practicing the Presence of God. Are any of you familiar with this little book, Practicing the Presence of God? Good, by A.W. Tozer. There is this amazing line where Tozer says this. He says, life in the presence of God should be known to us in conscious experience. And he goes on to say, it is a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day. Oh, that's what I want for me. That's what I want for you. I want you to know and experience the presence of God in your life. Not just here and there, but every second and every moment of every day. I want you to be a person that experiences the presence of God. I don't want it just to be something that you know theologically, but I want you to know it in reality. Because God is real, and He is ever present, and you can know and experience His presence every second of every day. And that's what this series is about. It's about us stepping into a deeper awareness of the presence of God. And so just like A.W. Tozer, we see in the Bible this man named Moses. And Moses was a guy who loved God's presence and experienced God's presence. And we're going to take the next four weeks to look at Exodus chapters 33 and 34. And we're going to start today, we're going to look at something called the Tent of Meeting. And then we're going to look at the three prayers of Moses. Um, these, are, these are the three prayers that um, Dom has mentioned several times. It's, it's these three powerful prayers. Teach me your way. Don't let me take a step without you. And show me your glory. And I believe that as we go through Exodus 33 and 34 together, and, and as you begin to take action on these messages you're going to begin to experience more of God's presence in your life. Not just for a moment, but each and every second of every day. So, we're going to be in Exodus 33. If you have your Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're in Exodus 33 today. If you have an app, open up your app. Head on over to Exodus 33, NIV. And as you're going there, I want to set this up for you. So God sets the people of Israel free from... From 400 years of slavery in Egypt. And God calls a man named Moses. And Moses leaves, leads the Israelites out of slavery. And they begin heading towards the promised land. And they stop at a place called Mount Sinai. And God descends on this mountain. He calls Moses up. Moses goes up to the mountain and he meets with God. And God gives Moses Ten Commandments. And how many of you here today know that if people would just keep the Ten Commandments, the world would be a better place? Just Ten Commandments. That's how amazing these are. And so Moses is up there. He's having this encounter with God. And yet down at the bottom, what's happening? The Israelites are growing restless. Moses is lingering in God's presence. And, and they're growing restless. And they turn to Aaron and they say, Aaron, we need a God. So Aaron says, all right, bring me your gold. And Moses takes all their gold. And he, Aaron takes all their gold, thank you. And he makes it into an idol, into a golden calf. And the Israelites begin to worship this golden calf. And they begin to give it honor for bringing them out of slavery. 
Well, God gets angry, right? And, and God says, I'm going to wipe everybody out. And he says to Moses, I'm going to start fresh with you. And Moses is like, no, no, God, don't do that. And Moses begins to plead and intercede with God. And it said that God relented from that. But he said to Moses, he said, I'm not going to go with you. My angel will go with you, but my presence cannot go with you. Because if my presence goes with you, it will destroy you along the way. And it's about that time that Moses begins to go outside of the camp. And it's very interesting because he starts to pitch a tent outside of the camp. And he began to call it the tent of meeting. And that's where we're going to pick up our story today. In Exodus chapter 33, we're going to start in verse 7, if you have your Bible open. Exodus 33, 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all of the people rose and stood at the entrance of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And Moses went into the tent, and the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, as one speaks to a friend. And then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So what is the tent of meeting? That's what I want to talk about today. What is this tent of meeting? And what does it mean for you and for me? And what can we learn about the presence of God from the experience of Moses and Joshua? So let's pray and then we'll dive in. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for each person that came to be here today. And God, I know that no one here is here today by accident. Because God, you want to come and you want to reveal your presence to each person in this room. So God, I pray that you would do that. I pray that you would stir in our hearts that longing for the presence of God. God, we are hungry and thirsty for your presence. So we invite you into this time today. God, give us an awareness of how you're working in our lives and help us to leave here, to not just come and to experience the presence of God for a moment, but help us to live in your presence every second of every day. God, we ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, we're talking about the tent of meeting. What was this tent of meeting? Very simply, the tent of meeting was the place of God's presence. This was a place where people could go and they could meet with God. And we see that in Exodus 33, 7 through 10. And verse 7 says, Now Moses used to take a tent and he would pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. And so here's Moses. And he begins to go outside the camp. And he would pitch a tent... And he would call it the tent of meeting. Now why did he go outside the camp? Because of the sin of the people. They were worshipping a golden calf. And what we need to know is that sin always creates distance between us and God. Even a sin like elevating a created thing over created God. 
And that's what we see the Israelites do, elevating created things over created God. And that creates distance. Sins always creates distance between us and God. And so Moses, he goes outside the tent and he pitches a tent and he calls it the tent of meeting. Now, who could go to the tent? The Bible says in verse 7, it goes on to say, anyone, I love that, anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. So anyone could go to the tent. Anyone with a prayer. Anyone needing guidance and direction. Anyone who's seeking the face of God could go to that tent of meeting outside the camp and they could meet with God. But did anyone go? Well, we know Moses did. But what is everybody else doing while Moses is going to the tent? They're watching, right? They're watching Moses. And the truth is, when it comes to the presence of God, we have two options. We can be an onlooker, or we can be a friend. And Moses went to the tent, and Moses became a friend of God. Let's keep going. Verse 8. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose. They stood at the entrances to their tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. And as Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent, and the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So Moses had a tent of meeting. And a tent of meeting is a place of God's presence. It's a place where people could go to meet with God. And this cloud that would come down represented the very cloud of God's presence coming down and resting on the tent. And Moses would go to that tent and he would step into the cloud and he would meet with God face to face. And Moses would speak to God and God would speak to Moses. And the relationship that developed can only be described by Scripture as friendship. How awesome is that? The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks with a friend. And that's just incredible. See, a tent of meeting is a place of God's presence. It's a place where we can go and meet with God. We all need a tent of meeting. But what sin does is sin creates this distance between us and God. And what Moses had is Moses had a tent. But we have something so much better than a tent, don't we? We have Jesus Christ. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And Jesus rose from the dead so that we could have life in God's presence. And through faith in Jesus Christ, the presence of God is restored in your life. Through Jesus Christ, the cloud, the Holy Spirit comes to take residence inside of your soul. And here's what's amazing. And here's what I'm excited about today. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can always be with God and experience his presence. There's nothing holding you back, is there? As a follower of Jesus, you can always be with God and, his, and experience his presence. But it's just up to us to 
put up the tent. And anywhere I put up that tent, and anywhere you put up that tent, you can have a meeting with God. Whenever we say, Lord, it's my lunch hour, and I just want to be with you, and we start to put up that tent, we're saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We begin to read God's word and seek his presence. That's a tent of meeting. As followers of Jesus, we can be with God anytime. Anytime we can experience his presence, it's just us, up to us to put up that tent. First thing in the morning, you wake up, you go out onto the porch, you have your Bible and a hot cup of coffee. And you're saying, God, in the morning, my soul longs for you. You open up God's word and you're spending time in his presence. You're setting up that tent of meeting. Or maybe you come here on a Sunday morning and we're worshiping God. And you begin to push out all the distractions around you. And it's just you and God and you're worshiping him. And you're setting up that tent, closing your eyes, raising your hand, whatever that looks like. And you begin to experience ever-present God in all of his power and glory. Listen, as followers of Jesus, we can experience his presence. We can be with God. It's just us, up to us to put up that tent. And that's the kind of life I want to live. And we see Moses. He would, he would take time and he would get away from everything and he would go out to this tent and he would meet with God. And we see that in Moses' life. Don't we see that in Jesus' life? How Jesus used to just get away just to be alone with God. And Jesus encouraged all of us to do that very same thing. In Matthew 6, 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, in the greatest message ever preached, Jesus said this. He said, when you pray, go into your room. Shut the door. Go outside the camp, pitch that tent, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So how about you? Do you have a secret place? Do you have a tent of meeting? Do you have a time and a place where you're putting up that tent and you're shutting the door on everything else and you're just getting alone with God? It's just you and him and you're reading his word, and you're talking to him, and he's talking to you, and you're listening, and you're developing something that can only be called a friendship with God. That's what it means to have a life in the presence. It's to be someone who steps away from the camp from time to time, just to be alone with God. And that's what the tent of meeting is all about. It's a place of God's presence. And because of Jesus Christ, every person who said yes to Jesus, has full access to God. It's a tent of meeting. There are a couple more things that we learn um, that I want to share. Number one, I want to share something from Moses. And number two, something we learn about God's presence from Joshua. So here's what we learn from Moses. Moses teaches us that the presence of God is about friendship more than feelings. The presence of God is about friendship more than feelings. And we see this in Exodus 33, 10 through 11. 
Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance of their tent. And the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So as Moses is in the presence of God, it's not about feelings. And, and I come from a charismatic environment, and so I've seen it become about feelings. But what I want to say is that the presence of God is about friendship more than feelings. But what I want to say is that we should never discount those feelings. Because God is real, and God's presence is real, and we can experience His presence. And I've had moments in my life, whether it's on top of a mountain in Colorado, whether it's looking out at the stars and the galaxies, whether it's on a beach, whether it's in God's word, I'm praying to him, times of worship, and the presence of God shows up and you know it's real and you feel it's real. I've had times... Um, just overwhelmed by God's presence in my life. Have you ever experienced that? The overwhelming presence of God. One of the amazing things that I've gotten to experience in my life, um, as someone who's done youth ministry for 10 years, is that I had an honor and a privilege of being in moments where I saw teenagers experience the presence of God for the very first time. And I remember one Wednesday night, we were worshiping, and after worship, a seventh grade boy runs up to me. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, because he's like excited. He's like so excited. I'm like, wow, did you just drink like two monster energy drinks? You know, like what's going on? And he's like, he's like, Brian, Brian, I felt God's presence. I'm like, tell me more. He says, every time that I come to worship, my friends are always distracting me. And he said, you know what? Tonight, I decided to tune them out. How many of you know that's a good idea when you come to worship? <laughs> he tuned out his friends. He shut the door and he went to the secret place. And he goes, Brian, it's like, I don't know what happened, but it was electric. <laughs> and it may not always be electric. Sometimes the presence of God comes and we cry and we weep. Other times we're just overwhelmed with a sense of peace or joy. But listen, my friends, we can feel God's presence. It is real. Listen, all this stuff that we think is real, God made all that. And God is more real than the real that we normally experience. And what Scripture says is that, is that when God comes, even the mountains melt like wax. That is the power of God's presence. So we don't discount the feelings. But what Moses teaches us is that the presence of God is about friendship more than feelings. And that's what I'm excited about today. I'm excited about the opportunity for each person here to begin to experience a deep friendship with God. Because what was Moses' relationship with God? Scripture says that Moses was a friend of God. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. And so Moses was a friend of God. And what we see in the Old Testament is that friendship was, with God was incredibly rare. Moses was a friend of God. Abraham, the Bible says, was a, script, was a friend of God. 
Some of you guys on Saturday morning, you're studying Job. Job was a friend of God. David was a friend of God. But in the Old Testament, this friendship with God was incredibly rare. And what we see with the Israelites and Moses is that most of the people stood at a distance. They stood at a distance. And, and in the Old Testament, often that relationship with God was marked more by guilt and fear than by love and friendship. But how many of you know all that radically changed with Jesus? Right? Jesus took down the veil. It radically changed with Jesus. And every person in this room, because of Jesus Christ, can be a friend of God. I want to share this verse from Romans 5, 10 through 11. And this is from the New Living Translation. But I love how it puts it. It says this. It says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because, of our, Lord Jesus, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We get to rejoice in a wonderful new relationship with God because of Jesus Christ. And your relationship with God doesn't have to be marked by guilt and fear. You can experience love and friendship. You can be a friend of God because of Jesus Christ. That is the wonderful new relationship we get to experience in Christ. So how do you build a friendship with God? It's just like any other friendship, right? It's time, conversation, time, conversation. That's how friendship with God is built. Friendship with God is forged in the secret place. Friendship with God is forged in the tent of meeting. I was thinking about growing up and me and my brother and um, the friendship we had and just some of the things we used to do. And I don't know if any of you used to do this, but we used to, we used to build a fort in the living room. Anybody do that growing up? You build that fort in the, the living room? And we would pull out, you know, chairs. We'd move couches. We'd get the blankets. We'd throw it all, you know, you get the clothespins and you pin it all. And then you get your sleeping bags. And at night you just go and you camp right in your living room. It's awesome. And it was about the fort. So we were boys, but... It wasn't just about the fort. It was about the friendship. And some of the best memories I have growing up with my brother are these times when we just make a fort in the living room. And I think about Moses, and I think about this tent of meeting. And it wasn't just about the fort. It wasn't about the feelings. It was about a friendship. And that's what I want to invite every person in this room into. You can have a friendship with God. And friendship is forged in the secret place. It's you and God. You pitch that tent. What is the tent of meeting? It's just a place of God's presence. It's a place where you can meet with God. And what Moses teaches us is that it's about friendship. It's about friendship with God more than feelings. All right, that's Moses. What do we learn about Joshua? This is what we learned from Joshua. And I'll have to explain this one. Joshua teaches us that getting into the presence of God is easy... Staying is hard. Getting into the presence of God, relatively speaking, is easy. But staying there is the hard part. 
And what we see in Joshua, Joshua is this guy who stayed at the tent. Remember, Moses would go back to the camp. Joshua stayed. Joshua never left the tent. And I would say, getting into the presence of God, relatively speaking, is easy. What do you mean? I mean, Jesus did the hard work, right? Jesus did the heavy lifting. He went all the way to a cross. And for us, getting into God's presence, not that hard, right? Not that hard for us. Showing up is 90% of the work. But what's hard for us? To stay. What's hard for us? To linger. Ever start your quiet time? And then pick up your phone? Or ever start your time with God and get pulled away? It's easy to get there. It's hard to stay. More than that, it's hard to live in the presence of God. And that's what we see in Joshua. Exodus 33, 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And so Joshua does something amazing. He stays at the tent. He doesn't leave God's presence. And I really do believe that getting into the presence of God is, is not hard. We can always come and meet with God. It's just a matter of putting up the tent. And I think about the women who went on the, the retreat and you had an opportunity to get a recipe, right? For spending time with God. And it wasn't this elaborate, complex recipe, was it? What my wife told me is, it's two wings of a bird. It's the word of God and prayer. And those two wings will lift you up to the heights of a relationship with God. The recipe is not complex. And 90% of it is just showing up and pitching that tent. For me, keep it simple. And I, you know, share my own recipe. And I hope, ladies, that that you're beginning to do that. You're beginning to spend time with God and, and you're beginning to follow that recipe. The journaling and all that, it's so powerful. But you know, for me, it's a matter of starting my day, the Word of God. And I'm going to open it up and I'm going to pick a passage to read. Now, I, I usually don't do the like flipping point. You know, like you never know where you're going to end up. But be intentional. And maybe this week you open up the Psalms. Ah, oh, how lovely is your dwelling place. Ah, oh, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Or maybe you're in Ephesians. Maybe you're in Philippians. Maybe you want to go crazy and you're in Revelation. <laughs> Whatever it is, this is the word of God. And child of God, every morning, God wants to speak to you. And so it really is a simple is opening up the word of the God. And you know what I do? I wait and be still. Scripture says, wait on the Lord. Be still. Wait for his presence. So we're still. We're waiting. We read it. And we ask, okay, two important questions. What jumped out to you? Because a lot of times what jumped out to you is God trying to get your attention. And number two, Child of God, believing God wants to speak to you today, what is God trying to show you? 
what is he trying to say to you? Look for what jumped out to you and just ask, God, what are you trying to show me today? What are you trying to say to me? And then you go and you pray. It's the word of God and prayer, two wings of a bird. And we begin to respond and we begin to live this out. We take his word and we hide it in our heart and we live it out as we go through the day. And it's this beautiful response of the word of God and prayer and living it out moment by moment, day by day. And that's what we see in Joshua. We see that it is not hard to get into the presence of God. You know, Jesus did the hard work. For us, it's pretty easy. It's showing up. It's reading his word. It's praying. But the hard part, my friends, is to stay. And what we see in Joshua is we see somebody who did not leave the tent. And he wanted to stay in God's presence every moment of every day. And that's why I love this quote from Tozer that we're studying um, for this series. Life in the presence of God should be known to us in conscious experience. It is a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day. What are the moments of your day? In an office, out on the job site, with your kids, with your grandkids, <laughs> driving kids around from place to place or working out in the yard, whatever it is, this is what I want you to know. We have an ever-present God. And he is no less present in the moments of your day than he is right now in the moment of worship. It's this old idea of quorum Deo, before the face of God. Everything we do, every moment, every second, it's all quorum Deo. It's all before the face of God. Every moment is sacred. You guys understand that? The most famous person to really try to live in the presence of God every moment of every day is, is this guy named Brother Lawrence. And his experiment with God of living in his presence was, was written down in a little book called Practicing the Presence. It's a great little read. And uh, Brother Lawrence was a monk. And so you're like, ah, oh, that's not fair. You know, his whole day was just hanging out with God. I can't do that. I got children to raise. I got money to make. You know, even as a monk, um, they, would, they would have this rhythm of time with God. But then they would go and they would work. And Brother Lawrence worked in a kitchen. And it was loud and there was hustle and there was chaos. And he'd go and he'd repair shoes for people. And um, he began to try to practice the presence of God. And what that meant is that he was going to spend time with God and then he was going to try to be aware and to live in God's presence even as he worked. And even as he was in the chaos of his kitchen, he wanted to know the presence of God. And so he tried to practice that, is what he called it. And this is what he found. And I want to share this quote with you. Um, something that's always challenged me and inspired me. Brother Lawrence said, For me, the time of action doesn't differ from the time of prayer. It doesn't matter whether I'm in church or I'm at work. It doesn't differ in that. In the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several people are calling for many different things. Do any of you experience that on a day-to-day -day basis? I possess God in great peace, just like when I'm on my knees in holy communion. And here is this radical idea. God's presence is just as real in the chaos 
as it is in the communion. It's this radical idea that you can be aware of God's presence just as much at work as when worship. And you can possess in your heart and in your soul a great sense. God is with me. So today, we're going to go to communion. I love it. Thank you, Brother Lawrence, for transitioning us so well. <laughs> what is communion? It is an opportunity, just like it says, to commune with Jesus. This is a meal with Jesus. Jesus is alive. He's real. He's present. And he wants to meet with you today. He wants to be with you. And so here is this tent where we can come and we can be face to face with God. And we can hear him speak to us and we can speak to him. And I want to invite us to do that. We're going to get you the bread. We're going to get you the cup. But the reminder in this is that Jesus did the hard part. And that's what we see in the bread and the cup. The bread is the body, it represents the body of Jesus that was broken for you so that you could return to friendship with God. The blood represents the blood of Jesus as his hands were nailed to the cross, as the crown was put upon his head. And the blood that was spilled, that represents the blood that forgives us for our sins. There is life in the blood of Jesus. And so Jesus today did the hard part. And for us, it's showing up. It's saying, you know what? I, it's believing and receiving. That's our job, is to believe and to receive. And if you want to do that today, to come, to believe in what Jesus did for you, and to receive it, I want to say the table's open. Come, commune with him. Come, deepen your friendship with God. Come, linger in his presence. And this is a moment for us to meet with God. So I want to invite the ushers to come forward. And what we're going to do is, I want to keep it simple. Our ushers are going to bring by the bread. They're going to bring by the cup. Go ahead and just hold that in your hands. Spend a moment with God. And then I'll come back up after we all have the bread and the cup. And then we'll take it together, okay? So just wait for me. Wait in this moment. Be still before the Lord. Believe and receive everything that God has for you. So God, we thank you for your presence. And I thank you for those all across the room who are meeting with you right now. And we bless that and we ask for more, God, for more of your presence in our lives. We are hungry and thirsty. We're desperate to know and experience you. But we don't want to just be a people who come and who visit every now and then. 
But we want to be a church that lives in your presence every moment and every second of every day. So God, teach us how to practice that. Teach us, God, how to say in the morning, God, my, my soul longs for you as in a dry and thirsty land. One thing I long for, this is what I seek, to dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. So thank you, God. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the opportunity to be together in your name to celebrate who you are and what you've done for us. And everybody said, amen. All right, let's take this communion together. And would you stand with me as we close in worship?